This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Hello, Kreuzer. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with our sponsor, Red 10 People Development. After a double dose of ESPN coverage, Phil Parkinson's side are still up for the cup, but they won't be making the short trip to Flincher after Chester paid the penalty in their own replay on Tuesday night. On today's episode, we'll look back at the recent FA Cup antics and look ahead to a tricky test this weekend against Boreham Wood. And that just leaves me to introduce the man, the myth, Nathan Salt. How are you doing? We are still in the cup. Delighted with that? Yeah, I mean, the FA Cup. I'm, I'm, I'd am I'm, love an FA Cup run. I know people, we would agree, wouldn't we, Rich? League is the priority, but it's been a while. Stoke was the last sort of real cup run we had under Kevin Wilkin. I'd love a big Premier League away down. I'm jumping ahead here. I'm jumping ahead. But we wanted a home draw, didn't we? We said if we could get a home draw, we've got that. Maybe after after the Blythe game, we're kind of uh, scratching our heads a bit about our home form. But it's still very, very good. And I fancy us against Oldham. Famous last words there, and Oldham fans will know that clip that up. But I fancy us against Oldham, and then who knows? So chuffed for the American fans actually that could watch it. It was so bizarre watching on ESPN, you know, waiting for that Sevilla Valencia game to end. How, how to... are you watching got on ESPN, Nate? If it was only available I, in I, America, I, I, you went you flew I, to I, Miami. I, I, yeah, I took my I took the Rob Ryan Red private jet actually to my sort of Florida vacation home. And Thank you for there. dropping me off as well in uh, <laughs> in the middle of Texas for that one because yeah. I enjoy watching the game as well. Let's put it that way. But uh, no worries. You talk about the cup run as well, and I suppose just to address it. Why not have both? Why not have yeah. both? It's a and buffet, isn't it? Phil Parkinson's laid out the spread. Have a bit of everything. Of course, yeah. we've got the main course coming later. We know about that, but let's have a nice appetizer to begin with. Mm, garlic mushrooms, who cares? Point I quite like hot buffets. I'm not a big fan of cold buffets. Just just, uh, just putting that out there in case anyone does ever, ever invite us to any kind of function. I don't know, are or you a cold if, buffet man or a hot buffet man? Or if Iceland want to sponsor us, you know, I mean, I've not seen Kerry Katona on the adverts for a while. Maybe <laughs> if Rob Brown Red want to do a new sort of prawn Maybe. platter for the for the Christmas uh, period. We'll get but, you in the jungle, mate. 
Get you in the jungle. I you wish. look like you'd be cut out for it. You'd be I'm, cut out for it. I reckon. This is the most vain thing I've ever said, but I wish I I want to be. My dream would be to be celebrity enough to be on Richard Osman's House of Games and to right. be on Celebrity Bake Off because I would wipe the floor on both of them. I know that for a fact. So and... Bake Off is one of your favourite things. You know, if I try and get you to do anything for the podcast. It, if it's around Bake Off, I'm I'm in trouble. I can't get you to do it. Well, that was that's what upset me so much on Tuesday night. The the kickoff t- time knocked back fifteen minutes. <laughs> Where's the fort for us Bake Off fans? Eh, both collided <laughs> together. Um, serious point on that though. I know that was difficult for some for some yeah. fans to then get to the game. The attendance still absolutely remarkable for a Tuesday night match. Uh, like we said, I guess we'll go into the actual analysis of Wrexham versus Blythe. Uh, Replay after the two sides drew one all at the weekend. It was a very uninspiring first outing between the two sides, wasn't it, Nathan? I thought Blythe were good value for for the replay. And if there was ever going to be a televised game that sort of summed, maybe two televised games that summed up what Wrexham were all about, it was these two, actually. First one was typical Wrexham on TV, where there's a lot of build-up and very little delivery. Second one was Wrexham, where even when things are going well, disaster is just around the corner and you know when that shot went wide right at the end i was like we've got away with one here because obviously there's mitigation blythe have nothing to lose it's a cup competition you can go gung-ho so there's credit to rexon for holding on there but deep down inside i was thinking you know what this could end very badly indeed i mean blythe let's not get away from the fact that blythe were the better team for three out of the four halves i thought they were the better team first and second half at their place and I think second half they absolutely dominated us um, at the race course I think our first half showed why you play your better players okay so that Palmer injury aside you know he ends up shaking that off but hearts in mouths for that one but really Palmer and Mullin different level I mean the Palmer goal Rich we shared that that was that blew up our phones actually on socials if you don't follow us there at Rob Ryan Red on Twitter Instagram TikTok facebook the lot but what a finish that is just kind of it's almost the beauty of it is just one motion isn't it he's kind of like spinning and the back heel all in one oh it's absolutely just exquisite it was like watching Raquel pike again wasn't it um back heel pike as he was christened when he scored like four back heels in a a row i remember boring wood at home which was on tv and he scored a back heel from outside the box at the edge of the box but that was just i believe the term would be filthy it's a filthy finish filthy filthy the link-up play is incredible and like we said on last week's podcast it was really interesting the team selection because on the one hand it's the cup you want rotation you want to put minutes into these players who are out of favor but you want to get to the next round and you've also got to put on a show because Wrexham haven't delivered in that first match and I do feel there was expectation to say you know you've got this massive audience here a global audience lots of people watching Wrexham for the first time, maybe, or the second time, you know, in, in quick succession. They want to be entertained because the documentary might be great and you might be hooked on that. But then if the actual product is boring and dull, it's going to put a few people off. So I'm just delighted that we did have that fantastic first half, free-flowing football, three really nicely worked goals. I know the Jordan Davis one was a bit for- fortunate the way the ball falls to him, but still a great finish. And yeah, that's what you get when you play your best players. And in the end, the quality did show through for us. Attack was very good. It was like the, I said it again, it was like the Barnet performance. It was the mullet, wasn't it? In attack, we were brilliant. And at the back, we were messy because the defensive performance was really worrying again, wasn't it, Nathan? Again, 
throwback to a previous podcast, you can get them all online, of course, if you've not listened to them yourselves, is that every team look confident of scoring against us at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, just kind of thinking about it, really. I mean, I tweeted last night that it was glaringly, glaringly obvious, I thought, and I, I don't want to be too damning on any of the players, really, but it was. I think I thought it was glaringly obvious how much we missed Jacob Mendy last night, um, or Cunts on the Wednesday, obviously, last night. Um, you know, he offers, I, th- I think I said it, strength, speed and tenacity. He just offers you everything. He is an archetypal left wing back, whereas I think Callum McFadden is a very good, solid left back and Liam McAlinden is a left winger. So both of them have deficiencies. Liam McAlinden going back towards his own goal, in my opinion, and Callum McFadden going forward. They're not terrible by any stretch, but Jacob Mendy is an upgrade on both of them. So fingers crossed, you know, we've had good noises that he is recovering well and, and you know, will play a key role and hopefully we can keep him fit. But I saw some people saying, you know, there was, I mean, firstly, Rich, hallelujah, Jordan Tonicliffe is alive and well and did play for Wrexham. Amazing. He exists. Even Ryan, he Ryan Reynolds even exists. liked the tweet. He exists. I mean, Sean Brisley, we were at Barney, weren't we, to see Sean Brisley exist and he scored. So let's see if it lasts. But Jordan Tonicliffe, we called for it. We were urging Parky to do it. He did it. Tonicliffe review. I, I thought he did well. I thought, I thought, bar taking ever out all the rest of the other defenders. Yeah, I like that tactic from Tony Cliff. Actually, if there's one way to start, it's injure all your teammates, and then surely <laughs> you've got to carry on playing. But in all seriousness, Bentoza looked fuming. He, he looked, looked fuming, like, Bentoza. It looked looked initially like he'd almost dislocate the shoulder, didn't it? He looked in real pain when he was getting treated for that as well in the first half. Thankfully, you know, he's taken off our time for Hayden. We must say, but precautionally it looked like surely nothing, yeah nothing too serious there but yeah in terms of Tony Cliff's actual performance I thought it was encouraging you know there's always gonna be the caveat of we still conceded two goals in the game and we were still shaky but he's a player who hasn't been put really in a match scenario with those defenders before sure I know he's featured for for the reserve team but considering it was his first proper outing for the club it's a good crowd behind him extra scrutiny on everything he does because he's new and everyone really wants to evaluate what he's about. I thought he'd ha- held held himself well, you know, and I thought that it's promising foundations for him to, to go on. Yeah, we're not acting like he's the complete centre-back, but what has been so frustrating for Wrexham supporters is that there's been this clear frailty in defence. Yeah, which undeniable. A lot of people have pointed out that is down to the system, perhaps, down to Parky's tactics, perhaps down to the lack of a recognised defensive midfielder or a lack of proper presence there in midfield, which I am inclined to agree with. You think of Jay Harris, Dean Keats, Brad Walker even over the past few years and how much they transformed the team. But it does ultimately come down to a lot of defensive errors and mistakes as well. And the the Barnett goals, yes, we probably did need someone who's going to give us more protection in midfield. But there's so many individual errors and stupid mistakes there from players who have previously been almost flawless. And I think Hayden and Max have both struggled in recent weeks. Tozer as well, of course, who said he's sort of struggled all season. So none of our defenders have actually played very well defensively at all this campaign. Of course, there's the wider picture and how they're being used, but I think you, you still need to acknowledge their own individual errors, which I know some supporters yeah. have been saying, don't be too critical but there have been poor mistakes in there. 
And what's been so annoying is that we've got what looks like a solution and he's not been used properly. And, and now the onus is on Parkinson and on Tunnicliffe himself to make a case and, and to to show that there is a pool of players on the periphery ready to, to take their chance. So, yeah, solid foundations and, and hopefully more to come as, was my evaluation of him. Yeah, I mean, look, competition for places cannot be a bad thing. Um, you know, a lot of people were raving about Harry Lennon before he got injured. Was he the best defender? Yeah, he's, he's still not in the mix. It's, it's a tricky one. I mean, look, let's just look at the goals, Rich. Um, the first one. It's going to be intercepted by O'Donnell, who's got a run at Cleworth. And does O'Donnell check in now? And the shot is good, and the goal is excellent. JJ O'Donnell with a wonderful strike. You know, Max has been, for me, I said it now at the start of the season on one of the earlier podcasts, I think Max has got a real chance to be player of the year. I think he's had, like a few players, I think he's had a, cu- a rough couple of games. Get my words out. I think he's had a rough couple of games. Is it, You've got to try and show that player on the outside, I think. Someone who's always wanted to come in on the left foot for that first goal. I think he's got to commit earlier. But again, very easy for me to say sat here behind a microphone. And, you know, I'm not a top-level defender, so I, I get that. For me, it's not quality. I think they're all quality, these defenders. For me, it's just I don't see that Sean Pearson type leadership in that back line. Um, the accountability then, are you saying? Yeah, Someone who's going to... Yeah, maybe, because I, I think even during the COVID season, you would hear Pearson sat in the stand. You'd hear him on the stream. You could hear him barking from the stand. And, you know, that is accountability. And that is... I know it's maybe a little bit old-fashioned leadership and you don't need to shout and rant and rave but I do quite like having at least one vocal leader I don't think Howard is that as a goalkeeper I think Layton is, is is more vocal as a character um, and just from the games I've been at you know Hayden fine 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 footballer I think he's a very very good player Max is and Max we were there at Chesterfield when he was when he was barking at Bryce Hosanna but I, I don't think really we have that kind of and Tozer again more leads by example for me he can be like a glue guy, but I don't think he's that ranter and raver, shouter type. I don't know. Do you disagree with that? Or, or what do you think? I do agree, to be honest, because like you said, Tozer is yeah, a leader by example, by what he does on the pitch. He orchestrates and helps players through games, picks good passes, I do think, at times. And, you know, he, he is trying to get that line in order um, with the back three. But, yeah, I do think that we still miss someone who's going to be that vocal leader and someone who wears their heart on their sleeve and is really passionate, but also not just a passion merchant, as some people would call him. No, just, I get that. Bruno get Fernandes that. basically just whines for no reason. But <laughs> I'm talking about having that centre-back, like you said there, in the Pearson mould. And even then, if Tunnicliffe comes in, is he that person? We don't. We haven't seen enough of him yet. We don't know. We and don't know, do we? you've got to remember as well, all this criticism aside... Last season, this defence was fantastic. I know there was still chaotic moments. You think of Dover, you think of the Grimsby playoff, games where we capitulated defensively but just outscored our our opposition. This defence has proven it's good enough. So I don't want to go too over the top. Definitely not. End end of days. But alternatively as well, those saying maybe we need a midfielder, we did miss one last season, but there was still a long period, particularly in the tail end, the second half of last season, where we didn't really have that midfielder. 
What worries me the most is that even if we say, let's go out and buy someone, we've bought Tom, Tom O'Connor. Yeah. He's, he seems to be repurposed as a centre-back rather than a defensive mid. That's, that's bizarre. It makes that no sense so to me bizarre. whatsoever. And I know he scored two free kicks in two games, both of them deflected. You know, Maybe that was even what he was aiming for because the fact he did it twice, obviously he didn't um, against Barnett and Blythe. In both of those games, I still think he played poor. And again, I don't want to be too critical of him because there's mitigation to that. He's been played out of position. He's been put into a team that's you know been functioning without him already. Maybe hard to know his place, but we've spent so much money on signing a defensive midfielder, a rock, someone who's tenacious, who breaks up play. And we signed someone who's nice on the ball and quite tidy in mm-hmm. possession. I just don't feel he is the defensive midfielder we needed. But can we go for, yeah. and justify another big purchase? I'm not sure we can. I, I, I don't know if you can. Look, what, what's the wage by now? 2.3 million, was it? They said in the documentary. You, I mean, how high are you going to run that figure? Because it, it, it won't it won't guarantee you promotion. And we could win promotion with this group. Let's not kid ourselves. We could win the league with the team we've got. It's just about fine-tuning. And maybe we're still in... You know, I thought maybe Parky would have it completely figured out. But that's just not the nature of the National League. It, it, it is up and down. Wrexham is the big scalp, as is, you know, Notts County, stuff like that. Macaulay Langstaff, was, I'm seeing all these articles calling him the next, you know, the non-league Harland and all this sort of stuff. There'll be interest in him in January. Don't you worry about that. There'll be lots of clubs looking at him. Every club, as you know, Rich, covering football, wants a goal scorer. Goals are precious commodities. And, um, you know, for us, I look at it and go, I still don't know if they know how to work Jordan and, and Elliot into the same side can they coexist maybe they can't um Luke Young is the one for me he's the one that looks more like a defensive midfielder he's the one who at least puts a foot in we don't have that many players in the middle of the park that will put in a really crunching slide and challenge yeah. James Jones is he gonna do that I think he's like a Duracell bunny he's got energy for days James Jones who will run around like a crazy person but Luke Young is the one where he will put a foot in and I don't think he ever cheats you of a performance. Really, I think the narrative... It's interesting how the narrative around players changes when they come out of the team. So it was amazing how... I mean, we were guilty of this in a way, Rich. I think we said, didn't we, that it was time to maybe take Tozer out the, out the side and for the, for the game on Tuesday night and then put put Tunnicliffe in, which he, he put Tunnicliffe in alongside Tozer. And then really, by the end of the night, I think Tozer's stock had gone up because when he'd gone off, it was 3-0 and, you know when he wasn't on the pitch it was 3-2 so it's it's amazing how quick narratives change around players that's just football fandom and I think a lot of people a lot of the newer fans are definitely learning that but work to do a lot of the film session it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Wrexham if it was easy mate so am I slightly concerned going into the weekend you bet I am but could we go there and wipe the floor with Boreham Wood of course we could and that's the Kind of the lottery with Wrexham. We don't know what we're going to get right now. We know we're going to get goals. I think the Dean Keats days of 1-0 wins, and I think they're, they're long gone, mate. I think... Uh, well, you've definitely just jinxed us for a 0-0 this weekend. So. No, I honestly, I honestly don't think. I think it's just the way we play, the, the way we play now. It's very erratic, isn't it? And that means there's chances at both ends. Yeah, it's basketball It's basketball football if such a thing existed. I mean, it's very front to back. I think particularly in that first Blythe game, we were so keen to get the ball forward really, really quickly to the front two, which I think works with Mullen and Palmer. Didn't but, work with Dolby and Lee. It, 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 Palm, taking Palmer out, is, is he's actually irreplaceable. I know Dolby's good coming on, but 
you can't replace Palmer and the kind of the presence he gives you up top. Again, though, for me, that sort of comes full circle to the midfield battle and the midfield yeah, yeah. debate, really. The fact that we do really lack a presence and an identity there because at our best, it's, like you said, two players who are very workmanlike and will do all the running, all the dirty work in Jones and Young. And then you can have one of your creative players. So yeah. already your structure and the way you're playing relies on Leo Davis to have a good game because they're the only ones yeah. who are really going to break the lines of those passes. Sure. So for that formation to work, you have the two players running their socks off and you just don't have that sort of defensive unit. You then need to have an attacking player who's going to have to drift around and get the ball and pick it into channels and go into those pockets of space, Davis or Lee. So only one of them can play by default yeah. in this formation. And they have to have a good game, crucially. And then I, the, sec- I just, and then the on, second on, point on, yeah. is for that to work, because you've got these two um, industrious players behind him, Davis then needs the support coming from his wing backs. Yeah. So you then need Ford, who I think has been excellent again and yeah. looks Ford's look good. brilliant. But again, it comes to left wing back. And without Mendy, there is such a drop off there that, in fact, the, the reason the formation is failing isn't just because we've not got a defensive midfielder, it's because we, we're missing a left wing back. The attacking midfielders are both... I'm not. They both played well and had spells, but neither of them has been very consistent this season. And I know in particular from the games I've been to, lots of supporters I've spoken to have said that, you know, obviously we're a much better team at home, but away yeah. from home, other than dorking really, our attacking players haven't been able to, to get on the ball so much and influence mm. the game positively. So... I just, I just think, Rich, just, just to jump in on on the midfield. I just think, and maybe I'll get penciled as a happy clap or whatever. I just think the criticism of the midfield is a little bit hyperbolic. You know, when you, in the broader picture, we're into the first round of the FA Cup. All right, it wasn't. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The second half was wasn't great. It wasn't a very good performance, and the first game wasn't great, first or second half. But we didn't lose the game. We won the replay. We're into the first round. We've got a favourable draw, in my opinion. You know, we're winning when it's not going well. I know the midfield is not perfect right now, but we're second in the table. You know, we've got Elliot Lee, Jordan Davis battling it out, two of the finest creative players in the division. Jordan's on to 10 goal involvements for the season. Luke Young's already scored a worldie. James Jones, I think, is you know, bags and bags of energy. We've gone to tough places like Woking and won. Um, you know, point at Yeovil, which I think will look to be quite a good result, as Chesterfield found out as well. Um, I, I some of the criticism I see of the midfield, I just think I don't know. If, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's helpful. To be honest. Um, yeah. No, I mean because tell, it's, I mean, it's I, not gonna, it's not going to change. You know, I said about Mendy. I said the big miss is Mendy, and all the replies I got to that were the big miss is central midfield is like a defensive midfielder. We don't have that player to come back. Mendy is a realistic player that's going to come back in a couple of weeks and play. Now, unless we go out and sign, I don't know, a Sarsovic or a Brad Walker or um, whoever you want to pick out, you know, Luke Somerville type or, you know, whoever, another midfielder, we, we don't have that player. So it's just it's just a thing to say now that we, we miss one of those players. Even like these, this Jay Harris, Dean Keith, where are those players how many how many teams have we come up against and they had a Jay Harris Dean Keats type? I don't know. Even Dean Keats doesn't think those players exist anymore. Yeah, it's clearly clearly they do, but there aren't many about, mate. No, but I I think that when you when you look at these games that we've lost, 
I think of even like Dagnum away last season. It was their central midfielder who absolutely ran the show against us. The, the DJ guy. Yeah. I can't remember his name. He, he ran the show. Um, I know Chesterfield, Ollie Banks. Ollie yeah, Chesterfield, Banks. Ollie Banks. Scott That's Scholders, what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying that we... <laughs> I think, like you said, there's a way to get around it where we don't need one. But I do feel that every game we lose... There is usually a midfielder who stands out on the opposition side who totally. makes a difference. I'm with, you to- I'm with you totally, man. With, with which, you totally, which yeah. just means that maybe our midfield needs to do something different. But like you said, maybe that isn't in terms of personnel. That's into a, in, in the terms of a different tactical shape or whatever. I know yeah. that you know last season we had great success at times when we switched to a midfield diamond with a four. Yeah, and maybe do you go to a four away from home? Do you, do you I, to go to a back four? And I think and... as long as Mendy's out, you you do really. And yeah. then you can use your fullbacks as fullbacks rather than wingbacks, which then alleviates the the problems McFadzian's facing. Okay, Ford might be a little bit restricted, but I'm sure you can still give him license to attack when, when necessary. And that way, maybe you can get Lee and Davis into the same midfield because you could play Davis as a centre mid and Lee further advanced. So I think I don't, don't want to go full. Ra- I don't want to go for full Ralph Hassenhutl here, but could you do? Could you know? Could you do a four two two two? Is that what he loved? He loved it. Ralph loved that. I think four Ralph two two that. two. Yeah. So did Ralph Ranić uh, at United. He, he got Ralph Ranić. Sorry. Yeah. That's what. That's what I meant. Ralph Ranić. Okay, um, yeah. Who did I say? Hassan Hootle? Who did Hassan I say? Hootle, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he likes yeah. it as well. I don't know. Wreck it, Ralph. Maybe he likes it as well. But um, Ranić, I was thinking of. You know, there's an element of okay, we don't need to shoehorn everyone in. But I think just having a, you know, you get you don't get trained all the time. There's going to be a lot of, for now, it's a lot of well, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, there. Saturday. You said that there, though. You don't want to shoehorn players in, but if you play your best 11 players, you're going to have a better chance of winning. And Davis yeah, and, and Lee point. are both in our best 11 but, uh, quality-wise. So, But my, my big thing, Rich, my big thing is if, if we had a 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2 diamond or, I don't know, whatever you want, 4-2-2-2, anything with the back four, uh, and but, you sticking with your 3-5-2... Surely there's a bit more unpredictability to plan in against Wrexham then. Surely you don't cover all the bases and you don't quite know what you're going to get. If we've got the ability to go, you know, we'll flick, that player's off, we're now going to switch to the four. We saw it Wheelston away last season. I think Dan Jarvis came on, McAlinden came on, I think. Changed the game. Exactly. And it's having another string to your bow, like you said there, and just not being so predictable because... Again, it's football and there's fine margins that consistency is great and momentum is great, but sometimes that can turn to predictability because teams know exactly what they're up against. But like you said, two points here. First of all, Phil Parkinson famously said last season that formations are over-talked about, probably by idiots on podcasts like yeah. us. Like uh, us, like yeah. us, yeah. yeah. Uh, but secondly, there's got to be lots of people here thinking, God, Wrexham must be in shit form because this is the most morbid podcast I've ever listened to. We're into the first round of the FA Cup, second in the league. And like you said, there's a lot of reason to be happy. And if we start yes. getting our momentum going, we're going to be absolutely 100 fine. 100 goals between Paul Mullin, Super Paul Mullin, Super Ollie Palmer and Super Jordan Davis. So between the three of them, I think it's 100 goals since Parky's taken over they've combined for. Like 92 games, maybe? Maybe I'm wrong on that. But it's 100 goals, I know that. It's incredible whatever it is. Again, let's look at the sort of form table then in the league. So, Wrexham, of course, as we've said, they're second in the in the table 
Boreham Wood, this weekend's opponents, are third Ooh. place, four points behind us. So however the weekend finishes, Wrexham will either be first or second in the National League. Let's hope it's first. In terms of home form, Wrexham still the best team at home in the league this season. Wrexham have 18 points from just six home games. Second place Bromley have 17 points from seven home games. Wrexham have scored 27 goals at home. 27 of their 38 goals have come at home. Mad. Away, they have scored 11 of them. But we've conceded as many goals at home and away the difficulty is, of course, that Barnet game, which was yeah, at home. that's that's skewed. That's massively skewed. Eight yeah. goals massively conceded skewed. when you know away we've conceded seven, and of course you could alternatively say that Dorking away was the only sort of free free scoring away game, so maybe that's a bit amplified. But yeah, maybe we're fifth in the form table for away form this season. A note here as well: Boreham Wood are eighteenth for home form this season. They have been far wow. better away from home. So although Boreham Wood are third in the league, they've only taken eight points at home this season, scored eight, conceded eight, but they wow. are the best team away from home, 17 points from seven. So Ooh. away teams have had a lot of joy away at Boreham Wood this season. It's a difficult one to predict. We will sort of look at that one more in detail, I suppose, towards the end of the podcast, yeah. won't we, Nath? But... Yeah, there is a lot of reason to be happy, isn't there? Like we said, there's there's so much to go for. And in terms of the cup then, obviously Wrexham won. The other game, the replay, Oldham versus Chester. What side of the table are you for that one? Because I wanted Chester, but on the, the proviso that we absolutely destroy them when we play I don't them. know if you did. Your WhatsApp messages to me suggested you well, didn't want that. Which I didn't think was going to happen. Because we would have had, so, we could only have lost that game in in the in the thought process of their team talk would have been done because they yeah. would have read Robin Ryan's mission statement that says always beat Chester. We yeah, yeah. are now, I mean, obviously, if you talk about the historic rivalry of the club and the two sort of hardcore fan sort of groups and stuff, you know, we're now the rich ones. We're now the mm. the ones who have the Hollywood fame and glitz and glamour. You know, the working class Wrexham, who we still are, you know, of course, at heart. But from the outside, we're the, the Hollywood rich boys. We would have had so much to lose because we're expected to destroy them and to beat them 3-4-0 comfortable. If we win 1-0, 2-0, we don't get any credit. If we draw, it's a disaster. If we lose, it's the end of the world. And I just thought that Wrexham versus Chester was such a banana skin and it would turn into such a unique day and so much intensity and think how high profile the derbies were anyway before the takeover this would be on a different planet it probably would yeah. have been televised again Robin Ryan I wanted it I'll Robin be honest Ryan mate I, I wanted it, it. To, they would have done to, to be sure. honest though for me the pessimist in me did not want Chester yeah I, I mean I'll say I did want it just because I, you don't when are we going to get to play them again you just don't know um, and I think I don't know. Into, I just think... that's almost turning into that talk sport tweet about Wales never qualifying for a major <laughs> international tournament. Uh, that, isn't I, it? I couldn't get. I couldn't get over that talking about Wales very quickly. I couldn't get over the the, the ridiculous opinion that was. I'm not even going to give the person's name because it's linked to linked to the old day job. But um, England should beat Wales ten out of ten times. I mean, 
Absolute golf. Absolute golf. That is nonsense. That, that's your team talk, isn't it? Just like Chester's just team talk nonsense, would have been always beat Chester, which is yeah. less of a team talk, more of a fact. But you know, <laughs> it, it. But anyway, it's not Chester. It? It's not Chester. Kevin Roberts, ex Wrexham, blew the opportunity, missed his penalty, as did someone else I don't know in their lineup. And it isn't Chester. And you know what? It's not going to be. We're not going to have that big weak distraction. We're not going to have police from all over the bloody country, you know, covering, covering. I mean, you say, you say this, you say this, but Oldham kicked off massively at Boundary Park. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. And I, st- I, I would be surprised if that gets moved to the, the Sunday midday kickoff. I really Fr- wouldn't be surprised uh, if that gets what moved. About, I'd, I'd, I'd love, this is not going to happen, but I would love like a Friday night under the lights against Oldham do you to remember kick off the round. Do you remember when we had Macclesfield away? Fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup on I a think Friday we went, night? is that when... That when one Connor all. Jennings scored, one all. Connor Jennings scored, I think for us, maybe. I think. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I remember it. Remember it vividly. I think I think we went, one. maybe. I think. Yeah, we were both at uni, and I think it was our first away day together. Yeah. Before that was we our ro- we yeah. went on a rotten run because we just didn't see a win for years. I mean, I mean yeah. we didn't go together. Yeah, we didn't yeah. go together for a while, but we just never. We went Halifax. We went Grimsby. My dad drove through torrential storm. That was awful, and. Uh, we went there. We lost one nil. There's a lot of away days. I, I, mean, I went for a lot. record where I must have gone to not loads. I'm not saying loads, but I probably went to about fifteen or twenty Wrexham away days when I was working for the club and as a fan as well. And over the case, the course of I think three or four years, I didn't see his win away once. Oh, so I, I sort of gave up on away days, which <laughs> ironically our team seems to have done as well uh, at the moment. But um, <laughs> you know, yeah. Oldham has got to be fascinating. Like I said, I, f- I mean, I'm working the Saturday. That's why I'm hoping it gets moved to the Sunday for my own. I'm working the Sunday. There you go. So one of Rob Brown Red will not be there. That is the tragedy. one of us will be there. Let's let's have the half full. Let's have the okay. half full, Rich. Well, I think one of us sum- will be there. I think that's just summed us up that I'm very pessimistic and you're the optimist <laughs> of this. But yeah, Oldham, yeah, the, a team who are struggling still in the National League, still finding their feet under David Unsworth. Ironically, again, the two goals scored from Oldham were Wrexham, were former Wrexham players in Tollett yeah. and Fondop as well. And, you know, there's always going to be those links between the two clubs. And like I said, the league meeting a few weeks ago was really close, but this is Wrexham at home. So surely you would expect it to be 2 or 3-0 and quite comfortable on the day. But, of course, a lot can change between now and, and the start of November. But... I'm saying I'm happy we've not got Chester. You're saying it's a missed opportunity because we're not going to play them again for a long time. Rich, I guess, then the other thing this week, off the pitch, even bigger floodlights. Even bigger somehow. Are we go- we're going to have to have, a, have like a day of mourning when the current floodlights go down. How much longer have we got? I think they want the, the new ones in before the end of the season. So that our beautiful old historical floodlights are on, on, their, on their last stretch, I think. And what do we do with them as well? I'd love to see them repurposed and used properly and become a landmark somewhere else in North Wales. And if someone just buys them and puts it in their garden. What, like the cop banners? I mean... Yeah, yeah, just like, exactly. Just someone just buys a floodlight and just says... So, like to the to the to the husband could, or to the wife. Could Rob Brown Red buy a buy a floodlight? I'm not sure what we do with it. But my my I'll flat, my, the garden the garden uh, of my flat is tiny. Is your new house got? Are you living in some sort of mansion where you can house as a 
not, not a, a floodlight or not at all but that's part of the fun i think i mean i can have it weekends maybe you have it during the week i'm not sure how yeah we'll, yeah we'll, yeah we'll, we'll split it in the summer holidays and we can have a bit each yeah I'll, we'll, we'll yeah. Uh, if anyone wants to crowdfund us to buy uh very much a joke but if you do want to support the podcast you can you can support the podcast and i've got a couple of dms about it this week you can donate to the podcast if you're feeling generous and in the christmas spirit that is coming up you and can, you can on... afford to as well i mean yeah we, don't we definitely don't this at definitely all. don't give know, us we know there's a lot of don't do other things to spend money on in the world right now and if you're struggling to get by whatever this is why the podcast's free because also, how bad is it rich how bad is it like i you know I'd, i i well yeah i definitely want to keep the podcast free because just like everything at the minute you know we work in news so much doom and gloom that's why wrexham is so good if they win that's I why I feel guilty for making this such a negative podcast. <laughs> this is meant to be respite. Good. This is meant to be escapism, and I've made it but even worse. Sta- but stadium, that is that is a positive thing. But yeah, if you did want to donate, by the way, robbrianred.com, um, that's our website, and you can find lots of things there. And you can find all the old episodes on there as well, and some of our pictures, and yeah, you can see loads of stuff on there. Um, and also, we should say congratulations to the fan in new jersey dominic who won our giveaway rich which i say our giveaway we were just helping jamal who's in texas who got a little bit trigger happy with the shirts uh got one too many shirts and rather than send it back he thought let me let us help him give it away so a new home for an away shirt which is i'm sure dominic will love in new jersey um but stay tuned for more of them we'd love to do more giveaways and i'm sure we will in the future but stadium rich even bigger floodlights bittersweet or sign of the times it's yeah it's both i think because obviously the iconic and end of an era but Wrexham are moving forward and i guess the whole part of the takeover is we're getting this transition and you know the reason we're having to replace them is because they didn't was was the definition was that they didn't reach the lux levels required for international sporting events so mm. if you want to move forward and deliver on that mission statement and have the race course as not only an international football stadium but an events hub really for all of north wales and i mean it is the gateway to the town it's the pride of the town yeah if you want to restore it revive it but also future proof it and give it an even longer existence and heritage then these are the developments that need to happen and of course myself as i suppose a nostalgia merchant who you are loves you. just i just love nostalgia you do and you know it's, it is sad but we're making new history now aren't we we're yeah. we're going forward and we're developing so much as a club we're making strides and for me again one of the greatest parts of this takeover isn't just i mean the greatest part of the takeover for me is just how far Rob and Ryan have gone beyond their, their yeah, roles. They're, they're saw, absolutely ridiculous. We saw that this week with the all the Blythe stuff and, you know, we've given Leyland... Yeah, Leyland. Yeah, amazing. Given him a day to remember. And they all shared the stem cell sort of research and donation Sign up. Which Takes five just, minutes. Sign up. That is the best thing about the takeover. I don't... I, like, you can take the football away, take away the new shiny players and stuff. That is what matters. They are using their profile for good and... There's going to be cynics out there saying that it's self-indulgent trying to build their own profile through PR and stuff. You don't have to do that. And this goes beyond PR and stuff. This is just Definitely. people wanting to do good. That is what pleases me the most about the takeover. Next on the list, as I was saying, is what they're putting into the club for longevity. This stadium's got to be here for decades. And yes, how the, how the race course is going to look once it's redeveloped 
is going to just be the norm to lots of people and to lots of new supporters that are going to be coming there and it's going to be fantastic and i can't i'm slightly worried for my mum though because she said that the current floodlights are too bright at night game so i'm worried that and half of them are blown out still aren't they i'm worried that she's going to be completely blinded by new ones which are going to have this ultimate lux level is that what the weekend was singing about when he's saying blinded by the lights was it about a trip to north wales I mean, that is the only explanation I can think of, mate. That's, uh, I mean, to be honest, it is mad how... I've, you see some great pictures as well. I think someone did a drone shot, I think, of the game last night. Of Palmer's, the stadium. Palmer's goal, yeah. I just I just love the stadium. And I, that sounds really sort of reductive to say as a Wrexham fan. But I hope that if it does get developed, we still keep some of that original charm to it. Do you know what I mean? I know that maybe sounds like I'm saying keep it a little bit shabby, and I don't. I think the new stand's going to be phenomenal, and I can't wait to. I've got the new mural test out as the well. Coming. The, the new... mural. Who are who's on that though? Like King Carl will be on there, as we see. I mean, it's hard to make out who's who. It looked like was it Connolly Bennett? Did you say Morel looked like he was on it? I, I couldn't tell if the middle one was Morel. Maybe. I mean, he was a player and a manager, but I mean, if if you're thinking who would you want on the mural, Mickey, you'd want on there. Joey surely? Jones. Oh, Joey, 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 you'd have to have Joey. You, you know, you could have Flinny on there. Kalen Bailey Nichols. Yeah, okay. We could. Do, what would be our alternative one? We could have Michael Bakari, Kalen Bailey Nichols, Taylor uh, McKenzie. Now he's Sean Harad. Taylor McKenzie's a deep dive for anyone who remembers us. That is him on loan. Um, this is yeah. I mean, who was the lad goal? we had at right back? What who was the who was the fullback we had once? That Mitchell was Lund. Tyler, Tyler Garrett. Was Tyler that, Garrett. That yeah, Mitchell that, Lund. Is that a player? Mitchell, Mitchell Lund, Lund that's... he assisted Ntumba Masanka's overhead kick goal. That's ridiculous. Is it Mitchell Lund? That's completely off my radar, that one. Um, I'm going to have to Google now. I swear that's who it was. Mitchell Lund signed on loan from Stoke <laughs> under-21's development squad, I from what I remember. Who was that? Who was we got from Stoke at the time? Ollie Shenton. Ollie Shenton. Was that a player? Got, Unbelievable. Who? who how, how far Kevin, have we come Kevin now? Kevin Russell did as a favour to get him on loan because they wanted to send him to the Football League. We got him in on loan to play centre-mid, but we had such Ollie a crisis Shenton. that he got repurposed as a left-back. Good God. Tyler Garrett's the one that gave me a nightmare. Mitchell Lund was actually signed on loan from Doncaster Rovers' develop- wow. development team. Um, he's now at Bradford Park Avenue. All the best to him. All the best to All Mitchell best if he's Mitchell. listening, which he's definitely not. But that's there you go, a, if he is. That's a future, t- uh, future guest sorted, isn't it? Good God. Episode 100, Mitchell Lund. Tyler Garrett plays with Kevin Druids. Wow. Does he? Now this is this is taking this is basically this is, this is taking a twist and this is just our nostalgia through Wikipedia. I told you I like nostalgia. What we talk about? You do murals, yeah, great murals and floodlights, basically stadium. Yeah, good, um, good stuff. Next up, then. Um, also got to say, welcome to Wrexham. Been nominated for the Critics' Choice Best Sports Doc and the Best Congrats, Ongoing guys. Doc categories. What a, I mean, we're always going to be biased because obviously we've watched it, watched it many oh, times. Great, a weekly shout out to you, Dewey, who I know has probably watched about 18 times right now. Um, but Our tweet made it in, your voice made it in. I sort of made the background a little bit. I made it into the Wembley episode. I've not taken the screen grab yet, but there's a proper... Um, proper picture of me which i need to need to tweet myself but um yeah fantastic and what a show and again what pleased me most about welcome to wrexham is just the emotion the community and showing and showcasing football 
to a wide audience, not just as 11 men running around and kicking the ball in the back of the net because you can reduce anything to those sort of terms. But mm. there is so much intertwined community aspects to football and it's integral to the very fabric of the area it's from and Wrexham is its football club and the football club is Wrexham the hard-working nature and the history obviously the Gretford's memorial there's just so much extra and so many extra layers to the documentary I'm so glad it, it come across as that and you know put us on on the world map for all the right reasons and You've been catching up with one of the stars of the dock this week, haven't you? Nick? Yeah, I mean, what bef- you know, I, I was, and, and what I will say is, I have absolutely no shame, as I've said many times, talking about mental health on the podcast. I had tears in my eyes, which by the end, because I don't know, episode sixteen and seventeen just knocked me for six. Um, the Wembley one because that Ryan and Rob really want to deliver. For the town and i think they i don't know if pressure is the right word or responsibility or what i don't know what the right word is but they feel completely invested and they just really want to deliver so badly and you know i felt for them in that moment just seeing it from the other side and i actually couldn't believe how solemn the t- that you know the, the post-match talk with was from parky was he looked absolutely devastated as, you know, we went. We, we you know we went to Box Park, didn't we? Tried to drown our sorrows singing Oasis with a shark mask. Um, but yeah, that that so that that got me. And then episode seventeen, you know, I always talk to my mom and dad, but I always talk to my dad about you know through the years I've rang him about matches and stuff, and you know whether it's mother daughter, father son, you know mother son, whatever, whatever relationship. I think that really hit home that one because it was it had all the hallmarks of being a filler episode and was actually one of the standout ones. But for me, the, one of the moments of the series, along with Jordan Davis and Kelsey brilliantly shedding light on their awful, awful experience of stillbirth, their, their son Arthur, thought that was really used the documentary for good, much like Ryan Reynolds did this week with Leyland and, and stem cell research and all that sort of thing. Um, Michael Hett, also known as Scoot in the Declan Swans, him opening that letter to say that he, that you know, there was still no cancer it hadn't returned floored me absolutely um and i tweeted about it. it 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 got me so much that i tweeted about it and said look you know what a man and and i just had to try and pick his brains this week and i think our connection was a little bit ropey i won't lie i don't know where i was calling it i don't know whether i was down the well or he was but hopefully it's all right i've done my best but here is my chat with michael I get Scoot. I guess the first thing then is documentaries done and dusted. You're obviously one of the people in it. How did you find it? Just watching it back, you know, having been involved in it. Um, I think at the beginning, when when they first said they look on film, and not just myself, but everybody in general, all the Wrexham people, the the football side of it, as a bit sceptical, you're unsure of how it was, you know, how we're going to be portrayed. But I've got to say, I thought it was it was excellent. Having watched it, um, yeah, I think it was brilliant. And you know, but you must have been inundated with messages. I know, kind of, for myself, it was very emotional watching you go through your kind of. In the early episodes, we saw you in the hospital, and by the end, obviously, you're reading your letter next to your wife. I mean, yeah, you know, it, you must be delighted just to see the amount of reaction you've got from it. 
Yeah, it was. And, you know, and, and at the time, they they asked me, will it be okay you know, to, to get personally involved in these treatments? And I thought about it. I didn't say yes at first. And I spoke to my wife and said, well, you know, you know what, if it just means getting one more person maybe to go to the doctor, because I didn't, you see, I was very lucky. Mm. Um, mine was massive, and that's why I had to have two emergency operations. So that, that that was the main thing of it. Why I why I allowed the access was you know, if it encouraged one person to go to the doctors because you know what men are like. We try and yeah. avoid it. I was going grey. I was losing weight. Um, I just wouldn't go. And in the end, um, I had to go. And thankfully, um, you know, they saved me life. Yeah, it's why, as you know, that we know plenty of people back home that would probably over yeah. going and put off going for, for months and months and then obviously it's yeah. too late so you know from that yeah. point of view definitely well worth it I guess from the band's point of view you know the music's been played and everything and people have oh, all over it must have, it must have been mad yeah it's brilliant you know yeah, I won't lie you know things like going down to the box park at Wembley they're playing it now before the games mm. the fans are singing it you go for a night out people are singing it to you on the jukeboxes yeah, it's great. It really is. I, I didn't really didn't think it would be like this, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely made up, and you know, it's it's also kept me going as well with with the band, you know, and with, it did when it was a bit down, so when I was having me chemo and stuff like that. But this did keep me going. Yeah, I remember cause I kind of first seeing the video when it when it, when you first released the song, and you know, it was starting to pick up, and then it became a sort of a chant at the games, and now you've got people across America. Streaming yeah. songs is mental, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely mental. Yeah, it's hard. It is. It, it's all for the best as well. It's great. Yeah, you know, even I tend to get in the turf before home games, and you know, a lot of people come up to you like Americans. It's quite mad. It's uh, just, just never thought it would ever happen, to be honest. Yeah, and it, we saw in the documentary all with Rob and Ryan, you know, in that episode where Rob didn't go and you see Ryan sort of singing along yeah. to it. Just, um, yeah. you know, I, 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 I was nodding along the other day to a song about Timmy Bins or Timmy the Bush Kangaroo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's it, it just, I think, like you say, generally, you know, I've seen, we've seen a net on there and Wayne and other people. It's just yeah. great for the people of the town, isn't it? That we've it, known, it you know, we've known for years, haven't we? But yeah. It, yeah. it's great. Everyone, they deserve this a lot. You and others, I think, really, really deserve it. Just to... Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think the whole town's come I'm yeah. very positive out of it, to be honest. Yeah, And, uh, uh, you know, kind of people who spoke to you about it who maybe weren't following the club, I mean, they enjoy it. I mean, I, I've had a lot of people say to me they'd absolutely loved it. They loved the kind of... Yeah, um, yeah, you know, people that don't, wouldn't normally watch Wrexham, yeah. Um, and I spent a lot of time on the North Wales coast as well, up like cricket, Wayport, Marrick, and a lot of people mm. there. Um, that you know, wouldn't dream of following Wrexham as I was suddenly glued to the to the TVs watching the documentary. Yeah, it's great. For the season, then, what are you thinking for the season? It's been a been a decent start. I mean, really, we can't, you know, we, um, when we record this now, we might have a, a game against Chester. We don't know game tonight, but... <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a bummer, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, I think if we look at it, you know, this time last year, we, we, we didn't really start playing until after Christmas. Mm. So, I would have took this position by a mile. Um, yeah, we're a point behind. Let's hope that... Notts County can hold on, on to Langstaff at the end of the... Yeah. Oh, sorry, when they were going to come out in January, let's hope somebody comes in with a big bid. And I might put a halt to them with a bit of luck. But yeah, it seemed, it, it's funny because a month ago, same conversation would have said about Chesterfield and then they go and lose three on the bounce. Yeah. So it's, it's hard. But I think if we can hit our form after Christmas as we did last year... We'll, we'll absolutely walk it. I mean, we've we've been at this level for too long to know that it's there's no uh, yeah. there's no straight straight and narrow. But I guess no, if, if we get no. a big, 
if we get a big promotion party, Declan Swans will be, will be right there, I'm oh, sure. Oh, man, that would, <laughs> that would be... That would be, be mad, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, and yeah. We talk, he won one of the... Um, when I mentioned about the four dogs pub, we were landlord. He's actually just gone to Brixton just outside Torquay. He's took over a pub, so that'd be quite nice if we won it at Torquay, or even if even if we won it by them, we'd have another party down there. That'd be quite yeah. That'd be that'd be great. I mean, and what 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 about the the future for the band then? I mean, you know, because kind of an unbelievable promotion on a, on this you know yeah, documentary, yeah. Like Critics' Choice and all that. I mean. New yeah. songs coming or more shows. Oh, we've seen the vinyl yeah. out and stuff. Yeah, we're gonna, you know, we we we're not gonna change what we do. We've always strong about local characters. We we have for years, yeah. you know, as well as the odd celebrity. But I think, yeah, the, the only thing I'd say we'd change over the years, we've tend to swore a bit. Reason being, a lot of it's been about like exos like Hamilton, Gutterman, yeah. <laughs> and you need to swear and get your, your feelings properly expressed. But you got it, you got it. Uh, yeah, the big thing with this song is we've had that many messages off people with, with their kids singing it. And we thought, ah, oh, you know what? We do we need to swear really? So mm. the last couple of songs, which we've done about the barn and the turf, Bundy and Timmy, we've actually kept the swear now. And I think, I think that's what we're going to do from that one, just yeah. so everybody can sing along. Um, but I did find funny documentary when the kids were singing to Mullen, um, <laughs> and he pulled them up on it. Yeah. Oh, that was good. I, I think, I think you know, for you and, and your wife and, and your family, it must be. A little bit surreal every time you go and you hear the the chant going round the ground and your song going round the ground. It's mad how that's become. Yeah. It's become one of the most popular chants now, if not the most popular. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And sometimes I don't, I don't know what like I mean, in the turf and it's come on the jukebox. You know, people are singing and all but if you join in, you look a bit. You know, because <laughs> I just don't know what to do. I just should should you like your eyes and I just sort of getting a bit embarrassed really. So, Rich, there you go. He, just like many people in the documentary, like Wayne, like Annette, like Rob Clark in Mad for Movies, they're just normal people who just want a normal life. And, you know, he, he thought long and hard about getting involved in the documentary. Did. And, you know, if he gets one if he gets one person to go to the hospital to get checked, he said for him that's worth it. And, you know, I've got a lot of respect for that. I'm grateful that he, he did decide to be involved and in, to share his story and let us have a peek inside of, of what he's been dealing with as well. So, yeah, everyone who's been in the documentary, thank you very much for, for letting them do that. And for, you know, I think that when you... you you hear maybe initially and there's always again cynics saying that oh they want the fame or they want some some sort of kudos for it but i think everyone in that documentary comes across really well and authentically really you know and are in it for the right reasons those reoccurring characters we we follow throughout all of it and yeah what what a profound series it was what a fantastic watch and i know lots of you listening today are here because you've watched welcome to rex yes so of course if you've not subscribed already please do that and you can follow rob brian red on all the socials Nath, boring wood this weekend then we've already teased it and you know we've yeah. said that they're not very good at home this season <laughs> properly jinxed us there <laughs> what can possibly go wrong because of course they might not have the best home record, but Wrexham away from home aren't that great either. So, God. 
badass. It does have all the hallmarks of one of those games that the teams. I'm having flashbacks. I'm having friends. flashbacks to last scene. I'm having flashbacks to being stood by the team coach, chatting to ten foot ten Humphrey Carr, and another actress who'd an act. Well, I'm another actress, another actor who'd come over, and Tyler French, boarding the bus, and the bus was full of Domino's pizza. He looked like he wanted to burst into tears. Oh, and yeah. yeah, he just looked absolutely devastated. So I'm getting PTSD flashbacks to that. It was really interesting as well that I think Rob was listening to that one on radio and it's it's hard in an, in that open away end at Borenwood to get much of an atmosphere going. We didn't play amazing. It's a tricky old place to go. But yeah, it was such a sucker punch last season with that penalty away. It really hurt, didn't it? But oh well. We go again, don't Been we? and gone. Been and gone. We mate. don't dwell on the past, do we, other than being very nostalgic and renaming <laughs> every Wrexham player. Who's but what, what, are you, what are you thinking this weekend then, mate? I mean, I'm going to be going. I, I think, look, we're, we're second in the table and, you know, we can form, people can say form can go out the window, but patterns are there to, to be followed and clearly, Borenwood haven't hit the ground running at home. We haven't hit the ground running away, so something has to give one way or the other. It's it's just so difficult to call. Of course, they won at the weekend in the FA Cup at home, five three against Wilson. So again, that sort of skews that good result. That home record in the in the FA Cup last time at home in the league, they lost at home two 0 to Bromley. Though it's a really difficult one. I suppose maybe Wrexham of old, you say, go there and avoid defeat. But I think that considering how disappointing Knotts and Chesterfield have been. I think we have to, I'm not saying demand a win, but we've got to be going there and, and dominating. And the result, there's always going mitigation of how the, the game turns out. There can be dodgy penalties, dodgy referee calls, etc. But if we want to go up as champions, which is the only surefire way of going up because we can't yeah. gamble on the playoffs, we have to be going to Bournemouth and winning. And we have to snap out of this old sort of way of thinking where... We used to look at these these tough away games, which they are very difficult. The third in the league, you know, this isn't going to be a walkover. But if we want to be champions, we have to be winning against the teams around us. And we've not done so this season. We've not done so away yeah. from home particularly. Nah. I think we have to be, we have to avoid defeat. But I think we have to, to that's it. But if you that's want to win the league, you've got to win it, I think. Yeah, I think we have to avoid defeat. Because, God, if we think we're being doom and gloom now, could you imagine just the, the fume if, if we lose to Boreham Wood and we've lost to Boreham Wood not. I'm going to try and keep it positive. I think we'll go there. You know, I, I'll, I'll hope hope that we can exceed expectation. I I, I think I went one all in my prediction um, on on one of the Twitter spaces. I may as well stick with that. I think it's it's a tough place to go. It's a tough game. But I, I think really a lot of people are just looking for a performance. Yes, it's a results-driven league. But I think... If we put in a performance where we go away, we battle hard, we have good level of control, we can put in ninety minute display, then I I think we'll take that and it's a, it's a good building box. We've got a lot of games coming thick and fast now. You've got a lot of Tuesdays, you know Tuesday Saturday Tuesday Saturday. So I don't know. I'm hoping I'm hoping to be surprised. I'd love us to go down there get a win, and I would and love it. Love it. I would love it. There. Kevin Keegan, mate. I'd love it if we go down there and beat them. Um, but I'm going to go one all. I think that's probably closer to what it'll be in reality. I, yeah, I expect a very tight game. One goal in it either way. I'm going to go big. I'm going Bournemouth nil, Wrexham nil. Ooh. It's, it's difficult. I want to be proven wrong. A big win 
emphatic win would lift the spirits, you know, immeasurably. And Ollie Palmer, first goal scorer. That's what I'm saying. I like that. There's a long way to go in the season, though. We're 13 games in, you know. We're going to do it, mate. We're going to do it. Even if the result wasn't going to go our way this weekend, there's a lot of time to make up for it. But please, Wrexham, please give Nathan an away day to remember. No matter what happens, Rob Brown Red will be back next week. So, yes. Thank you very much, Nath, once again, for jumping on with me and having a one-hour therapy session, it feels like. Yeah, it feels like that. It feels like I've been sort of laying back on one of those chaise lounge and, and we've kind of just got it out of our system. Um, but, you know, as always, thanks to the guys at Hypnotic for giving me the music, the stings in between, and also to Red Tent People Development. I should also give them a shout-out, why not? Um, for sponsoring the podcast and making it possible for us to kind of go around and, and, and give you all these episodes. And we're approaching 100 episodes, so do tell people. No, no, tell other people. If you're no, a new no, fan, no, no, tell no, us. No. What, am I stealing all your thunder here? I've also forgot that we play on Tuesday night. Do we also play, Who do we play on Tuesday? Halifax. Halifax. Uh, you know four, what? 5 nil. who cares? Yeah. I will say we'll beat Halifax 3-1 three, three, and we'll draw with Bournemouth. I'll say four points out of six, which we normally say. Um, I'm losing track of the games, mate. I just want people to spread the word about the podcast, tell people because everything else is going crazy. Our socials, we're approaching 100 episodes, and I'm really chuffed, mate. I say I'm proud of us. I'm patting ourselves on the back. I think we've done a really good job to get this far. So, give or just give me a win on Saturday, please, Wrexham. Yeah, that's all we want, really. And like I said, we will be on, I'm sure, on the Twitter space and stuff over the weekend as well, where we can give you a more dedicated look ahead to Halifax Town. Like I said, it's Difficult to preview when we don't know what's going to happen this weekend. But Rob Brown Red will be back next week. We record on the Wednesday. Should be out with you on the Thursday. So we'll be able to dissect what happened against Halifax Town and look ahead to the weekend meeting with Altrincombe as well. Thank you very much for listening to Rob Brown Red, wherever you are in the world. As always, please leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. Take care and we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.